Welcome to Younger Older. I'm Dave Wager here in the studios at Silver Birch Ranch on the campus of the Nicolay Bible Institute. And today I have Sass with me again. Sass, it was about a year ago we talked, correct? I think it was. We talked at Christmas time. Okay, so yeah. maybe a little less than a year ago that we yeah. talked. And, and you've been going all different schools. You came to Nicolay Bible Institute. Uh, how old are you? Oh, boy. I think I'm 24 years old. You, you think you're 24 years old. I'm, and and why the think? Well, because I, I want to be 21, but, you know, it's nice to put, like, a younger age. But 24 is a good age, too, especially with uh, the trials and the path that God has put me on. It makes me feel older than 24. All right. Well, I'm my late 60s. You're in your mid-20s, so that's the conversation, how we get younger and older. And uh, what are your plans right now? I, you, you've been serving up at Silver Birch Ranch all summer long. And what did you do here? So I pretty much for, I pretty much worked on Dish Crew. Okay. Um, I was your Dish Crew lead, uh, Dish Crew supervisor. And I was able to lead about 10 people a week uh, per, per camp and sometimes a whole family. And I was able to do uh, devotions with them. I was able to like... Uh, make sure, making sure that the campers had all clean dishes and kitchen as well. Okay. So you served all summer long. Yep. And uh, are you glad you came up for another year? This is your second full summer? Yes. You know, I have to tell you, uh, I'm so blessed I came up this year. Okay. Um, and the interesting part is that uh, I have to tell you a funny story. I was going to leave to go back home early in the summer. But the funny part is, is I got in my car and it was like, God's like, okay, you're not going to leave. So I'm going to blow out your starter. So my car sat up the whole entire summer without no, and I just got my starter fixed. Okay. And that's the funny part is because the guy's like, I, I don't want you going back home yet. All right. <laughs> so, and it turned out to be a great summer for you. Yes. Yeah. You know, I think everyone your age should, should go and serve oh, at a place yeah. like Silver Birch Ranch to learn how to serve. Mm-hmm. And because it's not, it's not glamorous. You, you just talk about doing dishes. Mm-hmm. Doing dishes isn't the most glamorous thing a person can do. Mm-hmm. But how do you learn servanthood? which is the most important quality of those of us that love God, unless you serve. Mm-hmm. So I think you need to be involved in servanthood no matter what age you are. Um, and I think maybe even take a week's vacation. Come up and counsel kids. Come up and work and do things around here. Do it for nothing. Do it for the love of the children, for the love of God. Mm-hmm. And see if God doesn't work in your heart just as much as he works in anybody else's. So do you think you've grown this summer by being here? A hundred percent. Okay. Um, how I've grown is... Is that before we started talking on air, you know, it's it's interesting because when I came up here, um, I was thinking, man, it's like so like when the Holy Spirit nudges you to pray for somebody. Right. It's like I've for me, like I now going through working the second summer, I've now become bold and say, you know what, because we're never going to see uh, each summer is always different. Right. Um, and each summer, God always gives us an opportunity, a new camp like this, for instance. And if we don't take the opportunity to at least impact somebody's life, then we didn't do our opportunity as being a child of God. Right. Um, if we didn't do our opportunity as a child of God, then we we failed the commission. Which so is, you're looking for the opportunities. Now I am. Now you are. Unlike before, where I was like kind of embarrassed. I was like, um, I had cap or my tail between my or between my legs right. and stuff. Right. You know, it's like, oh man, because like you know, we have all the same age peers and stuff. So you're always like, even as summer staffers, I know, I knew it was like. Oh boy, I wonder what they're going to think if I just pray for somebody random. You know, like right. I don't want to embarrass myself. And now it's like, you know what? It's not about me anymore. You know, I'm up here to like making sure that to make Christ known to anyone that doesn't know Him. You know, when campers come up here, so I need to put myself my 
my pride away and humble myself and be like, you know what? No, I'm going to impact lives. Okay. And so why not just put that saying, oh, that perception of all oh, people are going to think of me differently and just pray for somebody. Right. Like one of the instances, um, a good friend of mine, she was uh, and her um his girlfriend was going to leave and Noah and actually uh, he was also going to leave to pick her up. And before the old sauce, I'm like last year, I don't think I would have prayed for them right before they left. But this year I'm like, Hey, can I pray for you guys before you leave? And to me, it's like a nudging of the Holy spirit. So what, what do you think changed? What, why do you think you do that now? And last year you wouldn't have, I think it's maturing. Okay. And also I think it's growing closer to God, you okay. know, and growing closer and being more appreciative of life because I noticed that, Life is so fragile, yeah, you know, it and it's so like, you know, and if somebody doesn't know, like if, because another thing is that somebody really doesn't know Christ because we can put on a show, you know, right. I can put on a show, you and I can, we can put on a show and be like, man, that person's Christ, like he's a follower of God, but are they truly? Right. And see, and that's very easy to see through, but that, I kind of put that on last summer. So I was like, I didn't want to embarrass myself. And so now this summer I've kind of like, and I grew and I grew over that over this over this year and stuff and over even the second semester. But it was a hard year. You it had was. To, you had to grow in in different ways. I mean, you did some stuff last summer that, you know, maybe was questionable, and uh, <laughs> yeah. and then school some questionable things possibly, mm-hmm. and and you had to grow through that. So those were tougher times, but you grew through it. Mm-hmm. And that's really anyone your age needs to understand. If you make a mistake somewhere, you got to go through it. Yeah. Learn from it and and make that a tool that God can use instead of something that destroys you because God's great desire is for you to grow and develop into who you should be. Mm-hmm. It isn't. God doesn't want to sit in heaven, if I could say sit in heaven, and punish people. That isn't his goal. Yeah. His goal is to make you successful. So every experience of life you can learn from. Mm-hmm. You know, the the last year, you know, in last couple of years, my wife and I have gone through cancer treatments and I got a new hip and you know, those things are very inconvenient. Yeah. However, you learn through that. You know, it's easy to say, I trust in God. It's another thing to have a diagnosis of cancer and say, I trust in God. Mm-hmm. Now, most people listening are saying, well, you said it both way, you know, both times. Right. But it's easy to say something and not actually apply it in your life. Mm-hmm. You know what to say to sound good. You know what you need to do to sound good. But deep down in your heart, I I promise you, if you know God and you're walking with him, no matter what happens in life, you'll be okay. Mm -hmm. But you need to know God and you need to make sure you're walking with him and listening to him because God has already been before you and he's already prepared that way. So right now, no matter what you're going into this fall, you're going to Marion College Mm -hmm. this fall, supposedly. Uh, if you get there, mm-hmm. and and as you start at Marion College, God already knows what this year at Marion College is going to look like for you. Yeah, and He's prepared you to go represent Him there, and through all the experiences there, He's going to use you for His honor and glory, and He's going to teach you through them both, because mm-hmm. God's the only one that can do that. I I can understand how to teach people, but half the time I'm thinking. Well, I don't know what the future is, but God does. So next summer, God willing, if you come back to camp. Oh, no, I will. You, you, we'll be able to say, okay, what did you learn at Marion College mm-hmm. during this year? And you should be able to say, here's what I learned because you're looking for it. Yep. You're looking both to learn and you're looking to give. You know, when I was about your age, maybe 25 years old, 
I remember making the decision and not, not like I sat down and made a decision. It's just I decided that if I'm going to learn something, I'm going to put it in a form to teach. And, and I did that because I saw God gives opportunities. I need to be ready. Mm-hmm. So, so in the morning when I learn something, so today I do a thought for the day that several hundred people get on email every day. Um, some go to the blog site and get it. I do three different radio programs or podcast radio slash radio programs. We have five books. I teach all the time. Now, you look at that and it's like, well, that sounds like you're overloaded. Do you know that every day when I learn something, I need to put it somewhere to use? Mm-hmm. And, and not because I use it every day, but because that's looking for God to prepare. You know, he's preparing me, and I don't know who I'm going to see that day. Mm-hmm. So I need to be ready for it. And that's what I want to encourage you to do. You're going to Marion College. Number one important thing in life needs to be walking with God. Know right. him, walk with him, enjoy God. If you're not doing that, then you're not going to hear the right voice. Mm-hmm. And, and be looking then, if God teaches you something, I don't care what it is, be looking for some outlet to teach somebody what you learned. Mm-hmm. And, and it may not come every day. Mm-hmm. But then you got this file. I got files everywhere. Before you came into the studio today, I was reading something. Oh, I need to keep that. Put it in my MBI file so I can use it in my classes. You know, always, always. It's not like I can read anything and say, Oh, that's just nice to know. Mm-hmm. No, it's got to go somewhere where I can use it later. And yes, true confessions, I don't always use them. Mm-hmm. But they're in, a, they're in a place where I can. So I encourage you to keep that up and keep looking for God to use you. Well, and it's interesting because you bring up a good point, you know, about <clears throat> because before I really wasn't looking for God. You know, what, what, I, meant, what I mean by that is, for instance, like that phrase saying, trust God. You right. Know? Trusting him truly, like it's easier said than done. How can you trust God when you're going through, like, for instance, like a major change in your life, right? Un- unexpected change, right? And it was like it definitely was challenging, um, because you're wondering, you're like, okay, God, I did all, like, I I went to MBI, bingo, I went to this. I thought everything was good. I I thought I was developing. I thought I was learning to be a better person, but was it's a more of a humbling experience because I feel like. For instance, my my pride gets in the way. A lot of things. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be open and transparent with you. I struggle with pride on a daily basis because I'm thinking that it's I pretty kn- normal, sauce, But go on. <laughs> well, because I think I know everything. You know, right. I, I think that I'm like I think I know the Bible back of my hand. But then when somebody like you know asks me like, hey, you know what? What the the big question I've had people come across and ask me is, why did God you know take my loved one away so soon? Right. You know, or or another question is, how do I know that if I'm going to see them in heaven? Right. You know, I thought they were a believer. To me, I'm like, whoa, that's a hard question. And I, I sometimes say I don't know. And or there another big question that I've been struggling with is, God, why am I going through this trial again? You know, right. why? I'm, what's the point of this whole? Okay, thing? let me let me ask you something. Yes. When you go through something like that, what do you do to get through it? Prayer. Okay, that's that's good. But I think there's a simple solution to it. You have to remind yourself of what you know, mm-hmm. not what you feel. What do you mean by that? Well, you feel a certain way. So let's say you and I have known each other now for a while. So let's say you go to Marion College and in two months you hear the news, Dave's got cancer, he's got two weeks to live. Okay? How would you feel? I would actually pack, I would go to my car. 
Come okay, so you wouldn't feel good about that. I feel devastated. Okay, that's feelings. Okay. Feelings are normal because we live in a sinful world, I can think. Feelings are absolutely normal. What you have to do when you feel badly is remind yourself of what you know, not what you feel. Your feelings will be evident. Mm-hmm. You're going to push away what you know during that time because your feelings take front and center. So now you're feeling badly. So now your feelings are driving your thoughts. How could God do? Okay, think about it for a second. If you put the feelings on the side just for a second and think about what you know, the tragedy is people your age don't know God. So how can they put a thought in what they know when they don't know, and so they have to live by their feelings? So so knowing something gives you an option to think it through when times get rough. So what I would what I would ask you if here's how I would do it. So I would feel badly that somebody's sick, and then I would say, God, do you love that person? Mm-hmm. What would the answer be? Yes. Do you have a plan for that person? Yes. Is God the one who gives life and takes life? Yes. So eventually the person would go because God would take that life at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, has he talked about, or she, whatever, uh, the fact that they have their trust in Jesus as their Savior? Yes. So what do you know now? He's going to be with God for eternity. Mm-hmm. He's going to a place that God alone has personally prepared for him. There'll be no sickness, no sin, no crime, no politicians. <laughs> right? So, so all of a sudden, what you know starts to temper what you feel. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm never going to tell somebody you kick what you feel out. God gave you those feelings. Mm-hmm. And if you care about somebody's sauce, you are always going to have feelings where you hurt. Mm-hmm. Always. So it, 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 people who have been married many years and one of the spouses die, when I get to talk to them, if I do, and if they're good friends and, and I get to share with them, I might say, man, you loved much, so you're going to hurt much. Mm-hmm. You can't love somebody and not hurt when they get sick or they die. Mm -hmm. But think about this. If you don't love anybody, you hurt in a different way. You hurt emotionally. Mm -hmm. You hurt. So you're going to hurt either way. Mm -hmm. The, The loving somebody allows you to hurt in a way you were made to hurt, not in a way that'll destroy you. Mm hmm. And so if you're going to love much, and I know you have a really big heart, Sass. I think you care very much about people. So you're going to hurt much. Mm -hmm. There's no way to avoid it. Yeah. But it's a good hurt. It's not a bad hurt. And then when those times happen, you need to remind yourself of what you know, not what you feel. Mm -hmm. The reason you don't have to remind yourself of what you feel is because it's, it's taking over. Yeah. So, you know, you, you just feel crummy, and it's there, and it's big, and you go, oh, I feel, you don't have to remind yourself. It's right in your face. Mm-hmm. What you have to say is, do I think God loves me and them? And the answer is? Yes. Then act like it. See, yeah. then, then my next phrase for me is, act like it. Mm-hmm. Do I think God is playing? Yes. Then act like it. Mm-hmm. So, y- again, as a teacher, I would say, you should keep a list of what you know during the good times, because there will come times, I promise, all your life. However long God gives you, there's going to be times where you look at it and go, huh? How did that happen? Mm-hmm. Why did that happen? And, and I, could, I could list this whole program with you things you're never going to understand about God. Mm-hmm. Because, remember, 
what I always say, he's older than you, smarter than you, and loves you. You can trust him, but that's about it. Mm-hmm. You don't need to understand him because he's way beyond you mm-hmm. in your understanding. One well, plus, if you try to, <clears throat> if you try to understand him, you're just burning your bridges. You are, and you're just like, I mean, the vastness. <laughs> I find that it's actually kind of funny because um, <laughs> this whole AI situation. Yeah. You know, uh, <clears throat> somebody asked me what what my thoughts are on AI. I said. And how they're trying to power generate it, and you have all these big tech companies trying to be God. Right. And it's funny because no matter what, you know, it's have, it's kind of funny because you see in automated cars. Right. You know, and it's you have AI cars, and I just kind of laugh at it. I'm like, you know, God can do something like unexpected, and a car doesn't know how to react. Right. And like unlike a human driver, which we're programmed different than AI. Right. <laughs> and we're, we're not really programmed, but go ahead. Yeah, well, we're programmed guy by God. Right, well, we're given opportunities, and then what we put in our mind actually begins to program us. Yeah. Um, well, it's interesting because this week they came out with um, a first artificial lamb being born in an artificial womb. That was With uh, an artificial brain? Uh, no, it was an artificial lamb okay. that was born in an artificial womb. Well. So it wasn't actually born in, in a lamb. It wasn't born in anything besides of a, in a machine. And it's, it's interesting because that lamb has got disorders to it. You know? oh, it does it. It does. And it's funny because why do you think that man is trying to push this AI? Because you've seen it before. You and I have seen it before. I've seen it. I kind of think it's kind of creepy how they're trying to be God and right. they're failing. Why do you think that is? Well, because I think every human being would like to be God themselves, and so they'd like to have control, and we don't. But and, isn't that scary, though? I wouldn't want to control. Well, deep down, people want to control things. I mean, they do. When, when, For example, remember earlier I said you can't understand God, you need to listen to him. Yeah. The reason we think we can understand him is because we put ourselves on equal plane with him. Hmm. So you talked about pride earlier. So I'm thinking, well, if I don't understand it, it cannot be. That's a lie. That's an absolute lie. Because as you talk about AI, I look at you and go, really? I'm in my late 60s. Who cares? I, I, I don't. Now, do I, do I take advantage of AI? Yeah, I use a, a program when I write to help correct my English, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, that kind of thing. I don't, that's fine. But, you know, the bottom line really is, honestly, when I was your age, Sas, there were no computers. Hmm. None. There was stone. Well, th- th- there was big computers somewhere for NASA or whatever. But, <laughs> I mean, for people, normal people, I mean, I was thrilled to have an electric typewriter. Wow. Yeah, that's it. And then they started having typewriters that could memorize what you type so it could type it out later. Mm-hmm. And I thought, what is the world coming to here? Yeah. Yeah, and now look at the technology. When you think about that, let me ask you a question. Okay, you're you're in your you're 25 years old, 24 years old. I got married when I was 25. Okay, so I've been married 42 years, 43 years now, and um, long time. No computers were around then. We still had to put our hand on the steering wheel to drive cars. Uh, there were there might have been electric cars. They're prototype, you know, whatever it might have been. Um, Life is so different just during the years from my 25th birthday, from when I got married till now, life is beyond my comprehension. I could never, ever believe we would have cell phones. I couldn't believe, I, 
I remember the very first email I ever sent because email wasn't around. When was it? it uh, well, I don't remember the date. Yeah. Uh, but I remember um, a friend of mine said, you know, there's this thing called email. And I said, really, what is that? He says, well, the computer, he had given me a computer, uh, an old, uh, I think it was a, a Commodore or a, you know, I can't remember what kind of computer it was, but it was an old one. It was one of the first generation computers. And he said, what, what happens, you, you need to go and get an address. I said, what are you talking about, address? I got one. No, no, on the computer. Oh, and no. so, so he had to talk me through what that meant. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I think my first I can't remember what it was. It was either Dave Wager, D Wager at Juno.com was my very first email address because Juno was giving away free email addresses. Oh, that's funny. And so I got I got an email address <clears throat> and, and as soon as I got one, this guy had given me his and I thought, Well, let me see how you do this. And I went online and, and I sent him an email. And when he responded back, I remember shouting to my wife going, hey, this is really weird. <laughs> yeah, that, that's how I responded because it was like, wow, I just typed him, hi, how you doing? And he said, fine. You know oh, what I mean? That's funny. It's kind of like the first telephone or something. Yeah. But I'm old enough to remember that that was, that to me was like, that's pretty slick. You yeah. know what I mean? That is really cool because we used to have to use envelopes with stamps and have to call on a phone with wires and even then the phone with wires was still there and and this was a dial-up modem so you had to put a phone on a modem kind of thing mm. and get it all and you heard the dialing and um, and we thought that was slick now i look at things and it's totally beyond my comprehension mm. and at my age quite honestly i could care less i think it's ruined relationships more than helped relationships so i'm not overly anxious to continue to find new get gadgets and gadgets to to play with so what do you think is coming up in the future what 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 excites you and what scares you in the area of like technology well what what is actually scary is so up here i was able to like work at camp and stuff and like there was a middle school camp like we literally had a table like if you know, like if people are familiar with up in the north woods of sbr they realize what the dining hall table is so if you're a dish crew you kind of look out through the whole right. table there was a table, everybody was on their phones, yeah. like middle school kids. And I asked what their grades were, and all of them were pretty much beginning, heading into sixth grade. Yeah. And I'm like, you guys are all on your phones? And even the counselors were. And I'm like, you guys are missing out the opportunity to socialize with each other. You guys are missing out the opportunity. And even back in my day, like I, I remember when I got my first I, iPhone, you know what year it was? 2018. Yep. Other than that, I had a flip phone, which I wish I had a flip phone because, like, that's a I lot. I think they're coming back. They should. I'm definitely going to. I'm excited that they're coming back. Yep. But it's the fact that we have this generation, my next, the next generation, is, like, all on their technology. That's all they focus on. And it's like. Think so, of, but where more could it go? I mean, I can't figure out how it can go more. Well. Uh, you know, because it's already, yeah. I, you know, there's a phone in my pocket. I sit at my desk. If, if you were to call me, I have three different devices that tells me you're calling me and I can answer it on any of them. Yeah. Isn't that creepy, though? It is. Yeah. Not only that, my daughter, she went to uh, Honduras and I'm finding my friends. I could watch where she was. And, and I was watching where she was. Yeah, she's at the beach, you know, just keep up a little bit. My other two kids um, who live about an hour and a half from here, 
They all, I'm always on uh, Find My Friends with them. They think it's funny that Dad watches where they're at. <laughs> and, and so, and, and I'm thinking, here I am, no matter what device I have, my iPad, my computer, or my phone, I can pull up my daughter, not my younger one, but my older one, and say, oh, she's there right now. <laughs> I got a friend in Arizona who, while he was up here, somehow put his Find My Friends on my phone. And I could find, you know, Paul Woods? Yes. Yeah, well, I can find him all the time. Yeah. So now, if you ever want to know where Paul Woods is, I know. And I'm thinking, this is weird. Isn't that creepy, though? Yeah, it is. Yeah. And you look at another thing that I was thinking about is like the Airbnb and how like invasive your privacy is pretty much out the window. Right. And I'm like, think of like, because you hear about stories with Alexa, you hear stories about Amazon listening in to your conversation. So when you go online, the pretty much, for instance, I, I talked about like buying a vehicle, like as kind of a jokingly conversation. Well, I pulled up the, I pulled up like Amazon or I pulled up Facebook market. You know what shows up? Used vehicles. Yeah. And that's just creepy. And, uh, I think right now. So is it going to get worse? Oh, it's going to get a hundred times how, worse. How can it get worse? I mean, what do people do? Do you just shut everything off? <clears throat> live, live in the the dinosaur age? Well, what happened is that lately there was this called Chips Act uh, that was passed um, back I think last year, and so now it's actually taking fully in effect. There's a company out of Eau Claire. Uh, they got a $30 million grant to start chipping people. Amazon got Amazon One chip program in Seattle. So it's like credit card list. Chipping people. So like you chip on your like your palm. And so all you have to do is when you go in a store, you just go swipe your palm. It's called Palm Pay. That's pretty uh, dangerous. It, and that's where it's heading to. And that's creepy. Yeah. Well, you know, when I was younger, uh, obviously people looked at the Bible talking about the mark of the beast thinking that could never happen. Do you think that is? I think. I think what else would it be? They're not going to put numbers on people. <laughs> no. So I imagine that they could put a chip on your forehead. Or on your palm. Or on your hand. And they can know where you are all the time. And that who knows what's on that chip. So as an older guy, I would tell you, don't ever get one. And I've also noticed how they said that's starting for the good. Like for No, I, I said that from me not knowing where things are going. Yeah. I'm just saying I'm totally uncomfortable. Me too. It. Yeah. You know, from the biblical aspect, but from every other aspect, they can already chase me everywhere with my phone. I mean, if, if I can know where my kids are all the time, if they turn it on, mm -hmm. if I can know where they are, and then you could buy that little Apple thing that goes on something and what's the Apple thing? You know, that little, where you can find out where everything is. So I could put it on my car and I can know where my car is all the time. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's a little tag that oh, Apple Oh, sell. it's Apple tag. Yeah, so yeah. You, you put that on things. Because, again, uh, people put that on their luggage, and they can follow it. It's in the belly of the plane. Now it's sitting over there. Now it's sitting over there. And they can follow their luggage. Now, now that's just a little tag. What, what, you know, what, the, what the military can do, the government, what Elon Musk can do. You know, I mean, <laughs> it must be absolutely incredible, that stuff we don't know about. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. So I don't know how you regulate. I don't know how you regulate something you don't know about. Yeah. But I do know this. I trust in God no matter what. I'm going to have a relationship with him. I'm going to have a relationship with people. I'm going to turn my electronics off from time to time mm -hmm. and make myself inaccessible the best I can. And I think uh, I'm not sure what the future holds, but I, I look forward to another uh, program with you. Mm -hmm. uh, we haven't got to my questions. I have a list of questions I was going to ask you, so we'll have to do that in the next part of this program, the podcast. I'm with Sass. He's been here for two summers at Silver Birch Ranch, serving the Lord here and learning and growing and becoming a leader. And uh, he's also been a student at Nicolay Bible Institute. 
yes or no, would you recommend Nicolay Bible Institute for uh, people? A hundred percent. Okay, he says a hundred percent. That means yes. And uh, I'm Dave Wager, and I'm here in the studios at Silver Birch Ranch on the campus of the Nicolay Bible Institute, and I thank you for listening, and we look forward to talking to you again real soon.